the thing and then I'll do the read again. G'day community and welcome to a Megapod. Not a mailbag, a Megapod. That's right, I'm in control now. Uh, to my left in your centre of screen we have the wonderful man from out west in person. Throw him up in the chat. And we've got the big brains behind the op himself, Lechdog. Lechdog. I think you have a very special ad read for us for this starting off a Megapod. Yes. Uh, today, this Megapod is brought to you again by Manscaped for the seventh time tonight. Lads, Father's Day in Australia is just around the corner and our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure all the father figures out there are looking daddy material this June. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, which they sent us and was sick, did. Uh, includes their signature lawnmower 4.0, is the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. That's right. That right here is no dad joke. Treat him and yourself and join 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. You get 20% off and free shipping using the code JOCK, J-O-C-K, at manscaped.com. Trust me, his dad bod will thank you. And dads, make sure you buy this for yourself. Sons, buy this for you and your dad. Ladies, buy this for your man. And dog daddies, you deserve it too. So, get 20% off and free shipping with the code JOCK, J-O-C-K, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code JOCK, J-O-C-K. Shake what your mama gave you? Nah, shake what your daddy gave you. (laughs) Welcome. Thanks, Manscaped. I don't know about that slogan, but I appreciate you. No, this is good stuff. So, obviously, we're live, and is someone manning the comments? Damo, are you on comment, Judy? I'm on comment, Judy. I've got, got it open here. Um, we've got a bunch of questions. How are we going to start this? Are we going to do good super coach thing, bad super coach thing? Good thing, uh, bad thing? Do you want to start a good thing, bad thing? Yeah, we'll do good thing, bad thing. Yeah, why not? Le- Lecky, you want to start with your good thing? Yep, just trying to open my team to remember uh, what <laughs> happened. Right. Clarky, do you want to start with your good thing? My good thing is actually going to be the same good thing that I had last week, which was picking Rory Laird and getting your captain right feels good just in any aspect of a week in Supercoach. When you nail that captain selection, my God. It you makes just, life easy. You just feel like you've done everything right, regardless of everything that's gone wrong. No, it does. It makes it easier. I was I VC'd Laird as well into Miller. Um, didn't end up taking Miller's score. Took Laird's. I'll take 144. But my good thing is going to be Josh Dunkley pulling his goddamn Ooh. finger out and scoring 130 points for us after a couple of very terrible scores, uh, thanks to the midfield madness from uh, the Bevo Salad. Mixing up my metaphors. Damo, what was your good thing of the week? My good thing was Andrew Brayshaw scoring 138 points. Was very good. Yeah, he was the only docker that seemed to turn up that day. He, <laughs> let's not talk about the game itself, but uh, 138 points from Andy Brayshaw. And uh, Patch says that his good thing is this pod. Oh, well, that's Bless. very, very Bless nice. Him. Bad things of the week. Uh... Laid out from Canelio, I had several options, including people I, I said I was going to trade to in the chat. Goulden, who scored over 130. Yeah. Rowan Marshall, who scored 737,000 points. Uh, Bailey Smith, dodged a bullet there, potentially. Ended up going, oh, I'll save a trade, I'll just go Jai Cully for some easy cover, and then he scored 20, scaled down to, uh, what was it, 26 points. <laughs> And got suspended. So thank you, Jai. Thank you very much. 
my bad thing is also Jai Cully. I was hoping he could uh, stick around for the duration of the end of the season, but uh, he decided he likes to elbow Noah Anderson, and I will not take the elbowing or the injuring of Noah Anderson. So No, we stand um, Noah Anderson. I will happily cop a donut for him copping a suspension um, for elbowing Noah Anderson, because... Like we stand Noah Anderson. We do. We are Noah Anderson stands. Uh, my... Noah Anderson. <laughs> yeah, Noah Anderson. I, I got there. That's it. No, that's <laughs> great. Um, my bad thing also comes out of the GWS camp. Um, Harry Himmelberg scored a seventy-four. Started forward and then rotated back through the mid and sort of one really really suffered from that utility role that he's been playing at the Giants. I still. Don't think he's like a must trade, and he's going to really hurt anyone because the the biggest danger is the unknown. Because they had Nick Haynes forward last week, or the, mm. sorry, the week previous, and that wasn't working out. And the Giants are kind of cooked. Uh, They're this, a mess. Yeah, at this stage of the season as well, like Mark McVeigh's might not be, you know, probably not going to be the head coach next <laughs> year. So he's kind of just going, all right, well. Throw it at the board and just see what six and hopefully we don't get pants and they got pants. But still, I think a 74 from that score is, you know, from that role that he was playing, it's still perfectly fine, but definitely wasn't utilized in that halfback swapping out through the mid role that he had the previous weeks that have been netting the 100 plus scores. So hopefully this week, fingers crossed, because I don't have any trades anyway. <laughs> and let's go. Do we have trades in this room? No trades. No trades. No trades. I got two trades. You got Ooh. two trades? I'm, I'm trade Ooh. rich, baby. <laughs> Mr. Richman with the Can trades. I have one? I, ne- I if, need one. If I could transfer it, I would. Could you imagine if like they made that a thing? Like, Can you Venmo me a trade? Like, yeah, how much of like, you, your you salary can, like, are you going to give me? Like, you can trade a trade for like cap space. So, like, let's say you have three trades, but like no money in the bank. Well, we've got no trades and like 76k. We'll give you 76k for a trade. I'm into it. I don't mind it. I think it's it's hard to like... I think the biggest thing would be they have to find somewhere to give you the downside of getting a trade. Because a trade has so much value to it. Especially when you have nothing. <laughs> so much more value. Alright. Oh. Uh, let's get into the questions, I think. I think we'll go to questions. This is a mailbag pod. It's a mega pod, should, but it's a mailbag should, pod. Should we start with a patch question like we have done so many times? It feels fitting for so, the mailbag finale, doesn't it? He he um, he put this in the chat just now, but I feel like we, we need to answer it. Yeah. He has no trades and three money. <laughs> why, can't he, why can't he have three trades and no money? Because... I, because the man made some bad decisions. Is the answer to that? That's the answer. I agree, I agree with that. I don't specifically know what decisions he made that were bad, but I'm sure that they occurred. He brings them up when he does make them, and they kind of fly through the air and are gone by the next week when the next bad thing... And we, he's been so blindsided by Essendon being good for the last couple of weeks. Asterix. Yeah. Asterix. Um... Uh, as is also asked, um, how how am I enjoying Melbourne? Um, I think I should just tell you guys the story that I told Azza on when I was chatting to him earlier. <laughs> oh God, early, yeah. earlier. Um, I went for a walk. I didn't think I crossed the road once, but I ended up on the other side of the road 
underneath the road that I was walking on because in the city, like the roads go up and up and around on each other. Yeah. And um, I somehow and ended up below my hotel. Huh. Like on like a road that was like next to my hotel, but for, but grounded, and I couldn't work out how to get back to my hotel, so I just had to go back the other way. <laughs> And that was a long walk. I ended up getting breakfast out of it, but that, but that, but that was a long walk. And I feel like Melbourne is definitely a city that's kind of like that, where it's it makes sense until you realise that you have no idea where you are and you are somehow on the other side of a road that you don't remember crossing. Yeah, yeah. particularly in that part of town, down towards like Crown and stuff. I don't know how to get anywhere. It's oh, just God. Like at, w- at one point, I was like, hey, I'm at Marvel Stadium. How did I get here? <laughs> yes, that's correct. That is correct. You mapped out your route for uh, for the weekend. I walked past the hotel that Baron's going to be staying in. We won't say that online because we don't want yeah. people mobbing him. Yeah, <laughs> he is very. He's popular. very popular. It'll be me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to know where he yeah. lives. Uh, I've got a few questions that we can uh, we can start out with. <laughs> did you manscape yeah. the dome? Yeah. Uh, well, not not today, but I do normally okay. uh, I do normally manscape head to toe. Okay, as you can tell, I'm also wearing the underwear. We'll get that on in the OnlyFans Patreon only stream after this, gentlemen. These are these are questions without notice. So, I've tried. This is from Tim Holmes on Twitter. I've tried to avoid having tools in my Supercoach team. Blokes who uh, must be hard to have as teammates. I include Stephen May, Jake Stringer. Jordan Degoe, perhaps Braden Proust. Do you have any player that fits this category? I, I do, but I think I've said it many times during this season. We'll never pick Jordan Degoe. No, no, Jordan Degoe. <laughs> Just absolute bad vibes time. Um, Jeremy Finlayson. Gonna, <laughs> gonna, I just... What? I don't care for Jeremy Finlayson. I don't know when I would ever need to pick him because of given how old he is. And, I d- but I, w- I will never pick Luke Shuey. Okay. Is there the story behind the hatred, or no? Just I just don't, just don't like him. He's, Bad he's, he's, he's got a punchable face. Jake Melcher, punchable face. Yeah, well, evidently. <laughs> Joel Selwood, punchable face. I'm just looking... would never. He's probably a lovely man in person. I've met him in person. He is a lovely man. Very good. Hey, uh, Lecto, do you have an OnlyFans? As I want to know, how much is the uh, membership fee? Free for him. Okay. Uh, my players That's... that I would never pick. I don't know if he's a tool, but Isaac Heaney, out of pure stubbornness, I would classify as a tool. So because I don't want to pick him, he's almost on my blacklist. I said at the beginning of the year, I would not pick him as soon as because he will because he because he'll play midfield until I pick him. Guess what? He's in my team. Stop playing midfield as soon as I picked him. So guess what? He's got to finish the year with an average of 97 again. Well, I need him to average about 10 over the next three weeks because I'm buying a, I'm buying a Sydney membership. Jeff, you're in chat. We know that's happening. <laughs> uh, on, on, the, on the flip side of yeah. that, have you guys got any good boys who you just can't... You can't walk past and go, oh, nah, I gotta, I gotta do I it. I feel like that's lead. I feel like it's Lance Rory Laird. And on the drive here, me and Leck were saying, you don't want to not pick Jack McRae. <laughs> but on, for, on, on form in the back half of this season, you hope he's carrying an injury. Because I don't understand how that form has just dropped. Hmm. There's, yeah, I think that's a deep dive for the off-season because that's going to be a huge discussion. 
Uh, good boys for me. Zach Merritt always ends up in my team. I try to start him every year. Didn't start him this year. Um, but he's been averaging like like 130 since <laughs> over the last few weeks. Um, I also, I think, moving forward, Connor Rosie might end up being a good boy in my eyes. Obviously, didn't like him um, because of Kane Corns. Oh, good God. Not a good reason to not like him. Not a someone. good reason to not like him. But anyone. anyway... Didn't like him, didn't rate him, hated the conversation, picked him, as we all know who listening to this, picked him earlier in the year, been dominant ever since, and I think he's approaching good boy, and probably retired players, Corey Enright was was a good boy. Pat wants to know, who are we locking in first in 2023, and why is it Mason Redmond? <laughs> Yes, uh, he just texted me telling me to ask you to ask to read that out. So um, <laughs> that's unknown. He doesn't get a direct line yeah, to, no. to Question Town. Let us finish talking, Patch, and then we will answer your question. I don't think I can trust the Bombers player again. I've had Jordan Ridley all year and have been nothing but disappointed. I've got a question back to Patch, and Patch will know this better because he's a Bombers fan most weeks. Um, <laughs> When they will Mason Redmond play that role every week in 2023? Or will Ben Rutten decide that he's a small forward randomly and he suddenly averages 40? Yeah. Because <laughs> Essendon is still looking for that formula that works for them to win games consistently. And until they find the positioning and the players that they need in that mix, Mason Redmond could end up on the wing. Jordan Ridley could end up as a key forward. We could see Peter Wright end up as a key defender because they want to try it out. Ugh. You know, like, I, can, I can't trust Ben Rutten and I can't trust the players at Essendon to play their role week in, week out at the moment. Bombers defenders are on the same list as Isaac Heaney for me next year where I'm just like, I ain't touching. I ain't, I ain't going there. I'm not here to be hurt. Somebody I'm one at locking in, though. I, I think Angus Brayshaw as a halfback. I mean, I obviously I watch a lot of Melbourne games, but I just think the variance in his scoring goes between, you know, 60 and 140. I'm happy to take that if the 140s are coming. Like, he's just racking up intercepts. He's racking up possessions. He's just absolutely the man in that halfback role. And we've locked him in for another six years and... To be honest, I think if Melbourne are planning on being competitive, he'll probably stay in that role. And if anything, he'll rotate into the midfield occasionally. Like, that's not a bad thing. Like, all that ticks a lot of boxes for scoring potential as a defender. And, I, you know, it's, it's something that I've definitely got to consider as a first option for defence. I don't mind it. He started the year really well. He's a reasonable selection, I think. He'll be expensive, though. Yeah, he'll, he'll have an inflated price. I think for me, I'll be looking at a... Well... First picked is like, you know, Rory Laird and, and normally Jack McRae. We'll discuss him a lot uh, in the off-season. Uh, a bit outside the box, Will Phillips we spoke about on the way here. If, yeah. if he's healthy and over glandular fever, he'll be very cheap and has upside for North Melbourne. I also um, I also like the look of, I mean, like guys like Took Miller. Like, we're just going to pick him. Yeah. I wonder, I wish, we spoke a lot about a lot in the car, actually. Um... <laughs> Because it was a long drive, because everything seems to be nowhere and everywhere at the same time in Melbourne. Everything um, outside of Melbourne is at least an hour away from anywhere else. Um, was, given the addition of the DPP additions during the season, it feels like 
we might not start the year with too many forward locks. We will, we will, because, because, because no, no one would have started the year with the amount of forwards that that they did if they knew that they were going to have Parker, Liberatore. Um, we, all, yeah, we always all, suspected Bond, but he got a timing, Tim, or Tim like English. All of those players eligible for the forward line. If that, like they wouldn't have picked anything. Luke Parker. Luke, yeah, they they wouldn't have picked a forward line with actual forwards in it if they knew that they were going to get these players. So it wouldn't surprise me if if next year people have, I don't know, Josh Dunkley, and then their F two is like an Oscar Allen or or something, and then it's just rookies. And looking at the draft crop, there are going to be lots of forward rookies this this year, or for, or. Should be forward rookies any any anyway that should play pretty much straight away. I've got a few suggestions from chat. Trigger Happy has Hayden Young. Uh, Shannon Hearn has uh, Taranto if he moves club, particularly if he holds forward eligibility. Um, yeah. Whitfield never again. Yep. Um, there's a few suggestions. <laughs> Daily Bale. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's a there's a few different guys. Um, Hopper will be cheap if he moves. Tom Green, he sort of broke out and then dipped off again this year. There's a few options. I like Callum Mills as a starter next year. He'll be in not enough teams to start next year, and similar to Angus Brayshaw, he can go big and big and small. Yeah, I think it's it's hard at this part of the year as well with the the downside of all the bad that's happened throughout your Super Coach season to just be. It's really easy to to just blacklist people left, right, and center. I think we're Jaden talking, Short, yeah, Jaden Short, like yeah, Jack Crisp. I think a lot of people are going to be like, mm, not not want to touch him again. But I think Damo's right. I think forwards is going to be a lot more interesting, and honestly, Ruck as well. Um, I have ended up with Jared Witts and Toby Nanko. This is my current two rucks, okay. and I hate life. <laughs> oh I yeah, that's not hate fun. existence. I've, I have the same setup, and it is. Painful, but they're usually good for a score of about eighty four combined a week. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think I think you know it's it's easy for people to say it at the start of the season where it's like yeah you got to do set and forget or oh a set and forget's going to be dead and then by the end of the season we'll all have a completely different look at it. But I think genuinely based on this year, my biggest learning for that is going to be all right, like let's pick people who are reasonably priced and consistent rather than trying to bank on guys who are going to go 120 plus, like the Gorns and the Grundies. The goddamn total points rule, motherfuckers! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Baron wants to know if we will be locking in Nick Dacos. Uh, potentially. Did we lock in Sam Walsh after his first year? I'm just trying to remember how he went in his second year. I think he'd still... I'm, I think he did pretty well in his second year. There were some people who were very bullish on him because of his end of the season Clayton Oliver was another one we locked on in his second year it just depends because obviously spent a lot of time behind the ball um, but this will be the fir- this will be the first pre-season where Nick Dacos has had a full season of football mm. behind him in a long time he'll definitely be in the discussion he'll yeah. definitely be in the discussion I don't think he'll be that cheap though used uh, flashlight salesman Kadean Coleman he Ooh. damn Absolute bang, I think, for me. If he plays that same role again. Yeah. I love watching him play footy as well. Do you think well. that Kidian Coleman is going to um, dampen Daniel Rich? I think they can only ever enhance each other. 
but okay. he is fast becoming my my replacement for, not replacement but he will be the successor to Daniel Rich for me <laughs> my favourite thing about Coleman is that I have uh, the thing of watching him play football and go he's really good at football looking and run and carry and also one of my other memories being man remember that time that Jack Barney poleaxed him <laughs> that was amazing for me um, we didn't answer the question before um, yeah, because you, you asked me about Hayden Young and then I never really gave you an answer mm. He's interesting because on the weekend against Melbourne, he played midfield. He was tagging yeah. Christian Petrarca. Yeah, he was. So I don't know where his best position is in Justin Longmuir's eyes. Because he played midfield as a junior and then yeah. got moved to halfback for the under-18s comp and created a pretty nice uh, partnership with Lockie Ash for, I think it was Vic Country. Okay. So um, he could return to the midfield. He's definitely he's definitely that smooth mover type that they will be missing now with the re- with the retirement of David Mundy. So he could find himself in the midfield or having stints in the midfield next year. I think. Well, yeah, we talked about him as a potential sort of breakouty Lockies player leading into this year. He had another season of experience and a void of significance in a David Mundy hole and. One of him or Erasmus or someone will get it. And if it's him, I think he's going to be a very sexy pick. So whoever suggested that in chat, good shout. Uh, I've got some questions off the website, which we can we can start to talk about. Jesse Spanner, shout out Jesse. Jesse. Has asked two questions. The first is, who's your smoky pick across each line next year? I feel like we've kind of covered that. Yeah. If you've got any other names you want to throw out. Smoky pick in the forward line. Jai Amos. Yep, yes, yes, you've mentioned him. Melbourne unleashed Jacob Van Ruyen. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I will give Melbourne whatever they want for Jackson and Van Ruyen in, in, the, in the same trade. Lloyd Meek. <laughs> <laughs> Lloyd Meek. Uh, we spoke about it. Nick Caulfield as a, a guy coming. We're just naming players who haven't really played this year, but Smokey to come in and for St Kilda and be we ha- cheap. We haven't, we haven't mentioned Chad Warner yet. Is he a Smokey? He might be more than a Smokey. Yeah. I think I've seen in chat a couple of people have mentioned him and Errol Goulden. I think Goulden's more of a Smokey than Warner. Warner just seems good, and but I prefer I actually prefer Goulden out of the two. You want the irony of I believe it was you I was speaking with maybe a month or two ago when I accidentally traded in Errol Goulden, yeah, and then correctively traded him out. Well, <laughs> oh, no. well it's good having Azza here. He's got stats live for us. Ooh. Live stats. Walsh averaged eighty six point nine in twenty nineteen. He was at his first year. Uh, I think so. And 101.1 in 2020. Uh, yeah, 2020's hard though. I don't I don't like shortened quarters and all that. Okay. But He's still been good. Appreciate it. He was good. Yeah, no, no. I just don't love looking at 2020 as a data point. Yeah, uh, I think Corzab wants to know if Ben Cunnington is fit and has a full preseason, how do we feel about starting him? Pretty good. Very good. Yeah. Very good. The worst thing that could happen is they play him for us as super coaches. Yeah. For him, best thing. But for us as super coaches, worst thing that could happen is them playing him before the season ends. Yeah, uh, he he should still get that thirty percent discount though, even if he only plays two two games. Well, we hope so. But no, he'll he'll be a a, a very good shout because it, we've seen players um, at the price that he could be, even if he only averages ninety, that is still good. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's and where the value is. Also, he's a good boy because he fucking beat the shit out of cancer. Yeah, that makes a good boy. I, I, I feel bad about saying this, and I'm saying it live, so I can't cut it out. Um, 
I didn't like him for the longest time because every time Freo played North Melbourne, he would punch one of the Dockers players in the in the in the in the in the stomach. So every time he went to a game, you'd be like, "Oh, which one did he punch this time?" Yeah, look, I used to not like Ben Brown when he was at North, and mm-hmm. then the second he got traded to Melbourne, I'm like, "I love Ben Brown." I've always loved Ben I'm... Brown. I always said that about him. Yeah, I've always loved Ben Brown. Uh, Jesse also asks if you were to compare your Supercoach season to the season of a player. Who would it be? Um, um. I that's tough. I'm gonna say for me it was Paddy Cripps. Started off really well, then dipped, then went really good again, and then I'm just sort of a question mark over these last three weeks. So I'm gonna say Paddy Cripps. I've been up and down, but overall pretty good. Can I say Nat Five? Because <laughs> because I was building, the recovery was going so well. Finally got back to a point where I was having the good scores, and then hamstring out for the season. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fair. Oh. I just i I don't think a player has ever played poorly enough after such a. <laughs> I just I don't think there is anyone that is know. equivocal. Maybe Isaac Ranking. Just just choose like no choose like no um, Lucky Schultz. <laughs> yeah, I think Isaac Rankin. I can go with that. Lots of lots of hype, lots of build up, spots of greatness, but mostly, eh. and getting traded to Adelaide next year. You're okay, moving yeah, in got, with Baron. Oh, I've good. Got two. Yeah. Azza wants to know: Is Paddy Dow a smoky for twenty? Oh, Jesus oh Christ! Not at Carlton. Uh, he'll get traded for a late third round pick in the off season, and it'll be to Richmond or Geelong. And if it's Geelong, no. If it's Richmond, they'll probably play him. Uh, he's got talent. He'll he'll be cheap, but he's not like like it's going to be a Jordan Clark of last year type okay. selection. And um, Fife is life talking to me. I think mm-hmm. <laughs> Young or Chappie as the Smokey for next year. That's tough. That's a tough to split. I'm going to say Young just because. I think Hayden Young. I think Hayden Young. Heath Chapman has reduced the need for Logue down in defence. Mm-hmm. If Chapman wasn't playing a more accountable role, Logue would still be in defence. But that would make the defence very tall. So I think Chapman has had to take up a lockdown role. And he's not scoring poorly from it. He's just not probably super coach friendly. Yeah. And in the preseason, they will hone in on that a little bit. And so I think... He's probably going to be one of those players that averages like 80 for his entire career. I just can't hear the uh, name Chappie without South African voices yeah. running through my head for the next... <laughs> that movie depressed me, man. I haven't it's, ta- it's, I, not a great, it's not a great fun time, is it? I haven't yeah. seen it. I didn't watch it just purely because of the IMDb reviews. Well, I've been yeah. listening to the Auntie Donna podcast yeah, and yeah, South yeah. African Sam's yeah, is yeah. specifically what's going to... Have you ever read The Power of One, Mark? <laughs> Trigger Happy wants to know how much power we have to make to lobby the SC rule makers to keep rookie priced players at rookie priced if they don't play three games in their no first power. season. <laughs> we we have no power. We're we're friends with people. We have no power. But here. we're not that friendly <laughs> with people. Gandalf, Storm, Cruel. Uh, not even the Herald Sun guys have any power. So yeah, it's um, uh, it's that they they just promote it. The amount of power that they have. Is very little to what people think they, yeah. they have. It's like a suggestion box. Yeah. Really. It's a suggestion box it's, that for all get of us. They yeah. basically sit down with the person that makes it the game and says, This is what our, our people want. And then the people go, Cool. Put probably 99% of it in a 
file that yeah. they never open again and then like they go we'll see if ah. they want it next year if they want yeah. it next year then yeah. that's that makes sense and then, and then they take the one card that, that says brighter colors and then that's what they, <coughs> and, and that's what they do i just want everyone out there watching to start tweeting them about making us uh, able to create any draft rules we want and maximize lists and fix the draft part of the game they made inroads this year, but that still needs to be fixed. And then we need to fix the actual draft and the actual free agency. And all well, that. yeah, that's a whole other yeah, okay. that's a whole thing. Uh, Fraser Kenny on the website. Hey, boys. Firstly, huge props to all those on the pod. Whether it's on the tram to uni in Melbourne or a train in Italy, I've loved every minute of it. Bit Thanks, of a, Fraser. Bit of a flex oh. that Fraser's been going to Italy. Can I go to Italy with you next time, Fraser? Actually, Two no, questions this week. On the good boy list, Fraser. If on Fraser's the on the good boy list. Two questions this week, as I think most of us have one to none trades left. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So these are a bit more general. One, what technique or secret strategy worked best or worst for you this boys this year for example only buying under 550k etc um, um i think the key word in there was strategy of, of, yeah. <laughs> of, of, of which i had none uh, for me it was maximizing dpps in defense and forward not spending over 550k which i think worked out everyone i picked up most of the good defenders when they fell in price um and then i but i think i think 80 percent of super coach comes down to picking the right captains and loopholing the right rookies honestly yeah i think um the the biggest strategy like yes my season has been a train wreck but i kind of kind of did it to myself uh very much so i think i was very I'm, and still looking back on it very structurally i was very happy with um, <laughs> the chat just wants to know did you dab while you sneezed yeah. yes he did <laughs> just i as, noted it as well so, <laughs> see if i can get away with it <laughs> Um, um while well, I'm filled with like the power of Damo being here, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. Um, <laughs> yes, Azza. Uh, well, Did you have any strategies that worked, Damo? I had strategies strategies in my head, but as soon as my season started going down the tour, they went in the bin. Yeah, I, I think the biggest oh. thing is structure. Like feeling comfortable with your starting structure is probably the one thing that like. Don't go in there with too many question marks because with the question marks and it's probably something that I've done in previous years that I definitely improved on this year, which was jumping off someone too early because I wasn't sure with them mm -hmm. to begin with. So holding on to like, and that can work for you throughout the whole seasons, holding on to trades a little bit longer because a player had a down week and my, could have been better. My biggest advice to people is don't get FOMO when you're playing super coach. Yeah, because as soon oh. as you look at what people are doing online, you go, "I want to do that." Plan goes in the bin. Your team is your team gets fucked. You stick to your plan. You've made the plan for a reason. I I guarantee you, your team will come out better at round twenty three if you stick to your plan than it than it will if you don't. Like it, it might look great up until round fifteen, but after round fifteen, your the reason you had that plan will come into effect. Yeah, and it, all the best players do it as well. You know, you see people like Supercoach Marmo and, um, you know, people like that out there on the, the Twitter sphere. You see their teams and you're like, yeah, you've you've followed your strategy and you've not deviated, which hasn't caused a lot of variance in the bad things that can happen because mm. you're riding them out. Like, you know what moves you want to make and you know what problems you have to fix. 
and when to leave them, when to not touch it. Like, oh man, I got the bad brain. I got the smooth brain when it comes to the FOMO. So I can't quieten that little voice. And by God, once I stop that, y'all, y'all better watch out. <laughs> All y'all. Oh, yeah, watch out. I think popular players at the start of the season in your starting team as well are generally popular for a reason. I didn't like how many non-pods I had in my starting team, so I didn't start, like, James Sicily. Probably should have. Probably should have. He's got a lot of points. Uh, so I think you can start pods, but, you know, read the my bloody super coach com- commandments. commandments. Like, do what I say. <laughs> like, do what I say, not as I do. As has got two questions. One for you, Clarky. Oh, God. Who is a draftee that is yet to debut that you will hope will play Supercoach in 2023, aside from Van Royen? I th- think I'd like to see Bailey Laurie out there as well. Are we, are we talking specifically Melbourne? I think so. Um, ba- Bailey Laurie, I think, is probably on the cusp as well of really... Coming in and... They signed him for quite a while when he re-signed. So they obviously see something in him. Yeah, I think there's um there's a lot of Melbourne that is actually kind of... Weirdly enough, we're in the middle of a premiership window. And also at the same time, trying to future-proof us for, you know, the next better part of five years. Like, you know, we've got long-term signs who are in the best 22. And then we're signing these younger guys. Um, and I think even uh, Taj Woden. I think, yeah. I think he's somebody who I'd probably look forward to he is coming pre- through. The notes coming out from, from the preseason was that he, he, he could he could have snagged around one day debut if if everything fell it fell his way. I think the trouble is that there's a lot of guys competing for similar spots. Um the Melbourne best twenty two at the moment I think is probably barring injury the hardest thing to get into unless you're a defender because the defenders are the main ones that seem to be swapping out quite a lot. You know, Trent Rivers coming back it, in, and Jaden Hunt played on the weekend. Melbourne have a very good defence, but it still feels like Simon Goodwin's playing around with the best mix. Yeah, exactly. Because he clearly wants Tomlinson in in that team. But Harry Petty is better. <laughs> but Petty, Lever, and May can't be in the same team as Tomlinson when they're all fit. Do you think Tomlinson might work at, as, as a winger like, like he was at the Giants? Possibly, but at the same time, then he just goes into a different pool of winger, like the wingers club, and yeah. then he's just competing with other people. I don't think he's got the aerobic capacity anymore. Well, to before do he that. got injured, if he, if he didn't get injured, it's like a weird sliding doors. Ugh. Could he? Um, <laughs> it's, it, but like, if he didn't get injured, Harry Petty wouldn't have come into that exactly. premiership yeah. side last year. And Harry Petty, I wasn't, I I knew he was skilled, but I remember when he came in from Tomo. Tomo had done all the work in the preseason, all the work of the defensive group. Petty comes in and he proved himself last that that is his spot. Like, I just don't, yeah. Azza has a follow-up question. Go on. And I will answer it for him. Uh, no, he does not have a cheese platter off camera for us. Um, his wife made us cupcakes and he made us um, chicken katsu curry, which was pretty good. So. It was very nice. Very good. So, uh, no, no, he didn't. Um, he also had a question for me. Um, would I go Ben King or Jai Amos? And to be honest, I could go both. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't like picking key forwards, but if they're going to be targeted enough and play enough, there's every chance they score enough to eventually turn into something useful. Yep. Value is value. It doesn't matter where it is or how much it is. We yeah, used to... Not go near key forwards and stuff like that in in Supercoach, but there's been a shift in the way that they play and the way teams use them. 
So I think they're becoming more viable options for Supercoach. I think we I think we sort of projected ahead when six 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 came in and thought that it might it might bring back the key forward or the key defender in Supercoach because there'd be more opportunities to get it in to a not so flooded defensive line or forward line. So I think there's definitely some room for them. Definitely need to be underpriced to be selecting them. Need to be a Charlie Curnow type. They need to be a Tom Hawkins when he falls down to three hundred and fifty grand. Yeah. That's when you need to get him. So Ben King's not not doesn't scare me as an option next year. Just depends who else we have up there. I'm interested to see what price a few players come through as because there's the ten, the twenty, and the thirty percent discounts that get added to your run of the mill players. But then there is a secret formula, and it's decided by preseason popularity on what sort of prices some players get. Um, apparently this isn't the case if you ask anyone who apparently <laughs> not who's, who decides the prices, but there is definitely a bias. For, there is definitely a bias. Say it, Say for, it Damo. <laughs> like, James Sicily, I'm surprised he got the discount that he did. Because he, cause at his price, he was very popular. I expected him to still be about 500k. He was 440-something. Yeah, which made him a must-buy as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Jai Amos could be anywhere from 230k to 380k from playing one game and scoring 75 points. Yeah. Ben King should get the 30% discount because he will not play a game this season. So, he should be about 260k. He might not... He, he might not be below three hundred and fifty because of his pop- because of his potential popularity. There is, I'm pretty sure there's a secret formula for the Gary Ablett rule. It's the Gary Ablett rule. <laughs> um, okay, I've got a, a, a good question in chat because I've just got a, a just a mad answer for it. Uh, <laughs> where is it? Where is it? Where is it? All right, Harry, Harry Simon's in chat. For those of us with trades, who can we trade crisp to with limited cash? Robbie Fox. Robbie Fox of Sydney, $456,000 since coming back from injury. 92, 70, 80, 135, 92, 95. I don't know anything about Sydney, but I like Robbie Fox. I love Robbie Fox. And he is the answer Fantastic to your prayer. Mr. Fox. Now, let me tell you how many teams he's in. I'm going to guess it's a lot. 454 teams. He's in 0% of teams. That's your answer, um, Mr. Simons. Well, actually, um, I don't know if it's, it might be, even be the same, Harry, but we've got Harry uh, sent in an email uh, to the mailbag, uh, jockmailbag at gmail.com. Probably going to be closed after this episode, but hey, good to remember. Um, so he's got a question about Crisp as well, but he traded Jackson to Moore last week, underwhelmed. He and Crisp are his worst performers. This week he has off in his league, but he has three trades left. So should he use one of his trades to side one of them and which one? Or both. But he's not playing this week? No, he says uh, he's got the week off in his league. Why? Well, I would just wait for more information for until next week, personally. That Taylor Adams is out. Could Crisp potentially... Come back? Get better? <laughs> Crispier. Time to buy Crisp. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> um, That's it. Potentially. Maybe. Maybe, I mean, maybe it's more of a Nick Day cost it, goes it, back up. It feels like Crisp has no position at the moment. Yeah. I'd be more inclined to 
I mean, it depends how tired he is, but I'd be more inclined to push Nick Dacos back into the centre a bit more and give Chris complete run in that back line. But, uh, you know, either one works. Having a defined role will work for Chris. So if, if I was in the situation where I didn't have to win this week, I would just simply hold and wait for more information next week. Makes sense. Should we move into captains and tips for the weekend? We've been talking for 45 minutes. We've done good. That's a good good podcast. Mega pod. Mega pod. Mega pod. Mega pod. This is one, one quick last question because it's a good one. Causa B7 says, What do you think about having positions of key defenders, wing, and key forwards in Supercoach? Would that be cool? Yes, that would be cool. So, I think we've discussed it before. So... In NFL fantasy, you have to pick a running back, you have to pick a wide receiver, you have to pick a quarterback, you have to pick a tight end, and you have to pick a defense and a kicker. Yep. So is he sort of saying like, like key forward, general forwards? Uh, yeah, ruck, I think you would have you midfielders, would have, general defenders. Key, yeah. yeah, I imagine you'd either have one or two key position forwards, yeah, one or two key position defenders, four general forwards, four, and then two wingers and whatever the rest is. Me and Patch are in a keeper league that runs those rules. It could be a cool... And it's great. Yeah, it, it, it could be a good layout for draft. I don't know if it would be a good layout for classic. Uh, yeah, it just depends how many key forwards and key I defenders f- there are to choose I from. I feel like restricting the field will take away a lot of the casual players that play in like a work league or something like that. I only just figured out normal supercoach. <laughs> well, pot- potentially, but for argument's sake, if my dad doesn't know supercoach and he plays, he'll only pick key forwards, so maybe it'll encourage them to come in. And- yeah, actually, that's a great point. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm completely switched. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> All, right, All right, let's move on. Yeah, let's do captains and tips. All right. Friday night, 7.50 at the MCG is Melbourne against Collingwood. I am so damn nervous about this game. Should we tip and then captain or captain and then tip? I'm tipping Melbourne, baby. The run starts now. I'm tipping Melbourne by 36 points. I want Melbourne to win the Premiership this year just so I can get a bumper sticker of Max Gorn holding two Premiership Cups that says double Ds. Patch, if you wanted to contribute, you should have come. I'm not reading out you tipping a draw for every game. Should we just say the patch trips He uh, did, he texted me. He tips t- texted me, he said he tips a draw. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Patch, you should have come. He's he's not here for his own personal safety because, my God. All right. Um, and captains in this game? Christian Petrarca. Collingwood don't really tag. Clayton Oliver. Um, I'm the vice captaincy would be on Clayton Oliver. Yeah, well, some of us don't have Clayton Oliver in their team. But some um, of us... <laughs> Okay. Christian Petrarca. I mean, Nick Dacos, I think, is a reasonable shout, to be honest. Mason Cox, because we kicked it to him last game. Why not this one? Would you anyone go Max Gorn, or are the days of Max Gorn VCC over? Um, I still think he's a little bit injured. Yeah, me too. I think he came back too early. I've had suspicions. He's, yeah, he's, he's not an option. The not man, an option. The man just wants to play. Yeah. And that's fine. Let's go to the next game. Uh, next game is Hawthorne against the Suns at Utah's Oval, the early Saturday game. 
Uh, I mean, God, I want it to be Gold Coast. But Hawthorne are bad. I'm so torn. Ah! I'm tipping Gold Coast because there's an off chance that they could still make finals, and I'd like to see them in the final. Mathematically possible is the best kind of football possible. Uh, Gold Coast. Took, yeah. And Took Miller is like the best option in this game. No, it has to be Gold Coast. It has to be Gold Coast. Yeah, Took Miller. James Sicily? Maybe? Potentially. Why not? If you got a VC and you, you want it, go get it. Honestly, Noah Anderson? I know he's not, not been in great form this year, but if you wanted to have a Hay- like a Hail Mary, Tom Tom Mitchell destroys it down at Utah's and he, and he likes playing the Gold Coast. So yep. he would be my... My option outside of Took. Um, the Giants take on Essendon at Giant Stadium. What a clash of the Titans this one's going to be. Um, Essendon have the betting, but after Mark McVeigh's comments, I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants do something. I've tipped the Giants the last yeah. four weeks. I'm tipping yeah. them again. I'm, t- I'm, I'm tipping Essendon. I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants I, do anything because w- they haven't done anything w- for the last couple I, weeks. I wouldn't be surprised if Mark McVeigh's comments will make them do something that scare Essendon a little bit. I was saying Bruins and Bombers, <laughs> bombers are going to win. I'm tipping GWS. They're not going to win, though. I tipped them against Sydney. I'm tipping them against Essendon. You tipped them against Sydney? I did not have a I, very good I actually, actually had a weird feeling about them against Sydney. I thought they could win um, until the actual until the game actually happened. And I was like, yeah, they're not winning. And Zach Merritt is the answer, by yeah. the way. Mason Redman. Tom Green, but I don't even know if he's in the team at the moment. Did Patch text you his tip? I'm not interested in Patch's <laughs> tip. You hear me, boy? Patch is tipping a draw. Um, oh, he's gone to the comments, has he? What a surprise. <laughs> Go to the people. Uh, next game. Nobody enable him in chat. Is the Bulldogs against the Dockers. I swear you guys have played each other like ten times this league. Uh, this is the first time we've come up against each other this season. Really? Yes. Oh my god. I mean, in fact, the last time we played Western Bulldogs was like round six of last year. Um... I'm tipping your boys. I'm tipping for... I'm, we're going to the We're game, going. And I'm going as a Fremantle supporter. Boom. I, same, I even, baby. I even bought a sleeved jersey for him to wear to, 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 to the game. What the hell is this shit? <laughs> I'll find something purple. Don't you worry. And I don't know in this game because Jack McRae seemingly dead. Marcus Bontempelli averages 105 against... I was going to say James H could tag him, but that won't do anything. What about Brayshaw? Yes. Done. Last time they met in 2021, uh, round 12, 2021, Bont scored 149 points against Fremantle. So he'll be my pick in that game. Uh, The next game is 7.25pm at GMHBA Stadium. Um, See? The Cats take on St. Kilda. wonder who's playing at GMHB. <laughs> nobody else wants to f***ing play there. Geelong. I'm surprised the Saints are making the trip. Um, yeah, Geelong by like Geelong by 80 points. By at least 40 points. Jeremy Cameron because he's going to kick six and come back for the Coleman. I know people talk themselves into like, oh, St. Kilda, they can surprise you. Not at GMHBA Stadium. No, no, there will be no surprises. Just like last week, Bulldogs made us think there was going to be a surprise. Yeah. But there was no surprise. 
Is there any captaincy options in this one for you guys? Tom Stewart, Jack Sinclair. Jack Steele? But as but only as vice captaincies, and you probably use yeah. it in, in, in an early game. I stand by Jeremy Cameron or Tom Hawkins in just in case they kick eight. Jack Steele does not love playing Geelong uh, historically, and who, interesting. Who likes playing Geelong? Let, let's be honest. The highest average in this game against opposition is Sam Menegola, who averages one hundred and thirty-one against St Kilda. Now he's well, not playing; he's injured. But <laughs> the next best is Mitch Duncan at sub one hundred. So I'm steering clear of this game. Yeah, let's yeah. um let's move on. Um, next game is Port Adelaide against Richmond at Adelaide Oval. Ugh. I really could not care less about the result Who of this game. Who cares? For this I'm, one, I'm going to tip a draw. <laughs> draw. I wish I could. Draw. Let's, Richmond, uh, I have to tip one because uh, my league patch, is rich. We're going to tip a draw on Port Adelaide Richmond. I tip a draw officially, but because I'm on a tipping group that only doesn't have a draw, I'm going to tip Richmond. I would like Port Adelaide to win just so Richmond can't make the finals. I'd like Port Adelaide slightly less than I dislike Richmond. <laughs> anyway... Draw official is is a, is the official um yeah official jock run and um, captain C options. I next game. Matt Patch <laughs> just texted me. What the fuck is this in all caps? Uh, I will only I will only accept a Richmond win if Jaden Short um, plays well because I as I discussed earlier have mixed feelings about that man at the moment. Yeah, or Toby Nankovic lift. Yep. All right. Moving on to Sunday, North Melbourne take on Sydney at Marvel Stadium. <laughs> How much is Sydney going to win by? Are you going to go to this game, Demo? I don't know. I, I don't like witnessing murders. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure that I can win my tipping competition, so part of me wants to tip North just in case. I don't, I, as I has said, North by one point. I hope for your sake it is, but I'll tip Sydney. Yeah. And I will not be going anywhere near this game for captaincy because no. Heaney, Papley, Parker, who knows which one's going to score. Mills, Mills, Warner, Golden. I'd love Goldie to uh, score well. I'd love you, Goldie, to just have a good game. Yeah. Okay, next game. Now, Lecto, I want you to talk about this game. Brisbane against Carlton at the Gabba. The Gabbatoir. At the Gabbatoir. Well, it's... Uh, it's season on the line stuff for the Carlton Blues this week. Um, yeah, but Brisbane lost a forty-point lead. Yeah, I know. I look. I think Brisbane are gettable, but I think the smart play would be to tip them. Uh, Blues are already have like three or four forced changes this week, which isn't great, and they played Yikes. like shit last week. Yikes! Sam Walsh for captain though averages one hundred and thirty against Brisbane, averages one hundred and twenty-two at the Gabba. What about Lucky Neil? 112 against Carlton, 120 at the Gabba. I don't think you can go wrong with either one. And a man who I'm looking at bringing into my team as a loop option, Dane Zorko, averages 103 against the Blues and 103 at the Gabba. Better to get him in before he falls apart. The other one is obviously Paddy Cripps. He, I think he's averaging like 38 disposals a game when George Hewitt doesn't play this year. And that, and that is also equal to about 135 super coach points. So he is well worth a, a punt. As okay. a Sam Walsh, Lockie Neal, and Paddy Cripps owner, all three of those options sound decent. I'm tipping Brisbane, sorry. No, I'm tipping Brisbane as well. Okay. I'm, yeah, sensibly tipping Brisbane. Okay. Next game is West Coast against Adelaide. Josh Kennedy's last game. Now, is it his last game? It's his last game. So tomorrow is his last game. Oh, so ever. he's not going to play the rest of the season? Nope, tomorrow is his is last game. Is this their last game in Perth? No. Oh, it's 
No. It's yes, it's their last home game. Oh, is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> Seems like an odd time to return. But oh, next on. but next week is the Derby, so they're still in Perth, but it's not but it's but it's not their yeah, home right. derby. Um uh, if the weather is anything like the weather what was today in Perth, it won't matter what end either team is kicking to because the ball will only travel like three metres. Because the rain was that heavy that the ball just could not go anywhere. Mm. Um, I'm going to tip Adelaide. Just. But they need to play like they did last week. And that Adelaide hasn't turned up two weeks in a row. I don't think they will show up. I just, I think last week was their, like, the, the, what's, what's their coach's name? What's his name? Who cares? Anyway, the Adelaide coach, whatever his name is. Yeah. I forget. He went, he, I was talking about how they're putting that game in the scrapbook. That's like, that's exactly, like, they made a real big deal about winning against Carlton in Adelaide. And I don't like that. So I'm tipping West Coast. I'm tipping West Coast because of, as we all know, as footy people, we stand Eddie Betts because he's good for football and a good man and... To be honest, some of the stuff that's come out and some oh, of the response by Antipin West Coast, yeah, and some of the Send Josh Kennedy out with a good win. He's yeah. a good player. He should go out with a win. He's former Carlton player, so yeah, I, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm tipping West Coast, and that's nothing against any Adelaide supporters, but I've seen some real asses out there, and I I can't stand that this week. And Rory Laird, although I don't like his history against West Coast, just quietly, but Rory Laird is. Clearly obvious, Captain Clearly option. the Captain option. Last three against West Coast, 136, 104, 120. Probably my Captain option again this week. Question without notice. Are you scared that the Blues don't make finals? Genuinely no. scared. No, the Blues will make finals. Lock it in when they beat Brisbane this week. Wherever the camera is. Was it you that I said, I think the draw has meant that the Dockers... Yes, we, yeah, so we were talking about that earlier today. ...can't fall out of the eight. I mean, they can, but the results have to go very... Negatively. Negatively. And doesn't matter because you're gonna win this week, Damo. I've already tipped it. <laughs> yeah. Go blues. I think we're done. I think we're done as well. How long have we been going? We've been uh, going for almost an hour. It's huh. a, a group lean in. Everybody, thank you so much for persisting with the tech issues. We've got yes. it done. We've thank finally you. got it working. Thank you for joining in in the chat. Thanks for turning up. Thanks Patch, for... everything's a draw, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for a great... I think this is this is the final mailbag for the year. Final mailbag for the year. I assume the pods will still keep going. Yeah, the pods will keep going. The pods cool. will never stop. Um, cool. And I know, yeah. The I, pods will never stop because we've also got things stop. like Tradio and stuff. Oh, to my do. God. Yeah. And I want to do Tradio every single day this year. I don't think we will, but I want to. <laughs> I want uh, to get us up to 100 episodes for the year. That means that there, there'll be, there might be a Tradio that's only 15 minutes long because no trade happens... Literally a pick swap, like pick 13 for pick 32 and 49. And yeah, but what does that mean for Supercoach Demo? <laughs> exactly. We can yes and this until the end of the world. Um, as part of the mailbag crew, you'll still be hearing Demo on the wonderful, wonderful other pod. Uh, yeah, pod, around, pod one. Around the Wicket, we'll, with me and Azza, we'll, yes. um, the first episode of that will come out just before the BBL Internationals draft. Yes. Where we look at who teams could potentially take or retain. Um, so that will be happening soon. Also, shout out to Azza. He launched his website, The Dub. The Dub, yes. A- AFLW everything. If you're into AFLW, go and check out the website. TheDub.com.au Follow them on Twitter. 
tell Azzy you love him because so everyone loves him. He's put so much work into this. Go and check it out. Go and lo- go and use the website. It's it's fantastic. He spent a lot of time on it. He's just put up a load of stats for AFLW historic AFLW fantasy. So if you're playing uh, Moira's Magic, or I know that there are a few other formats out there that do AFLW fantasy, it's a spreadsheet that you can download. You can have that on your computer that as is compiled, and it's so fantastic. Thank you so much for a wonderful season of the Mailbag. We've honestly had a great time. We've had great guests. We've had great questions. If you have any suggestions on how you think the mailbag can be improved for next season, let us know. We're always open for improvement. We have, you probably noticed about mid-season, we did change the way that we were doing it yeah. um, <laughs> to pad it out a little bit. Um, and it's we, not padding, it's content. And, it's extra content. And we do like the way it was being done, but there's obviously nothing's ever perfect. So if you have any suggestions, send them through. We'll see what we can do with the ones that are constructive enough um and as always we will see you next time love you community and the stream